Aloha, how's it friends? Mahalo for joining me. I hope you're doing well. Tonight's episode is a little different. Do I say that often? Instead of the supernatural, I'll be covering a very real and very scary topic. The documented sightings of creatures that are not supposed to be found in Hawaii. No, I'm not jumping into cryptozoology yet. I will though. I'm talking about the very real creatures that have very serious and deadly consequences for people who may come across them in the wild. I don't want to give too much away, so let's just jump right in. Help yourselves to some green bottles. Spark up that paranormal pakalolo. Get cozy. And let's get into this. Being roughly 2,300 miles from the nearest continental shore, Hawaii is the most isolated group of islands on the planet. Most of the plant and animal life found in the archipelago results from species brought in by seafaring explorers. At around 500 AD, the first settlers originating from Polynesia arrived to Hawaii by canoe, bringing with them edible plants like taro, bananas, breadfruit, and coconuts. Along with plants, they brought livestock like pua'a, pigs, dogs, sheep, goat, and chickens. Once released to the wild, these animals thrived in the tropical climate of the islands, and with no predators, their numbers flourished Scientists believe that before these settlers arrived, Hawaii was home to just 67 species of birds, the only creatures able to travel the distance that separated Hawaii from the islands outside of the archipelago. Many people come to Hawaii just to observe the wide variety of animals who now call the island home. While strolling on the beach or exploring rocky tide pools, one might stumble upon honu turtles taking a break from the water to soak up some sun, don't touch. The critically endangered hawksbill sea turtle are commonly seen swimming offshore, periodically popping their head out of the water to breathe and scope out their surroundings before submerging disappearing as quick as they appeared. Back in the day, Honu were hunted for their meat just as another way for islanders to bring food to their tables. However, the species would soon be targeted for their decorative shell and for decades commercially exploited, finally resulting in being labeled endangered 
by the U.S. Endangered Species Act in 1978. This made it illegal to harass, feed, hunt, capture, or kill the turtles. An easy way to piss off locals is to disturb Honu. If you come across these creatures on the beach, please give them space and observe from afar. Even swimming after Honu for pictures or videos while snorkeling can cause stress. So no do First-time visitors are often surprised to learn that a species of seal can be found in the warm waters of Hawaii. The critically endangered Hawaiian monk seal is the rarest seal species on Earth, with just a few hundred remaining in the wild. If you're lucky enough to spot these seals basking under the warm sun, again, just like the honu, please do not disturb. People are asked to keep a minimum distance of 150 feet 45 meters from these beautiful seals, which are just one of the two surviving mammals endemic to Hawaii, meaning their species is only found in Hawaii. The only other surviving endemic mammal is the Hawaiian hoary bat. Once widespread, the Hawaiian hoary bat is also classified as endangered and can only be found on two islands, Kauai and the Big Island. Unlike the endemic Hawaiian monk seal, and Hawaiian hoary bat, the Indian mongoose has a very different origin story of how it arrived to the islands. In the mid-1800s, sugarcane became a huge moneymaker and plantations began popping up all across Hawaii. However, a tiny rodent began causing big problems for sugar plantations. Rats. One rat could cause an entire 30-foot stalk of sugarcane to die just by nibbling at a 6-inch piece. Imagine the damage hundreds of thousands of these rodents caused on the cane fields. Plantation owners were desperate for a solution. Insert the Indian mongoose. In 1883, these weasel-like creatures were brought and intentionally released into Hawaii's cane fields to help the exploding rat population. The idea was the mongoose would prey on the rats, leaving the cane alone. However, this story is often recounted as one of the biggest environmental fails in Hawaii's history. The famously nocturnal rat, most active at night, avoided the predatory mongoose, which fed during the day and slept at night. The introduction of the mongoose into the environment did little for rat populations and instead wreaked havoc 
on other creatures. Mongoose thrived in Hawaii's climate and fed off of ground-nesting birds and their eggs, newborn hatchlings, and even turtle babies. Sad. Countless numbers of bird species only found in Hawaii endemic, including the Hawaiian crow and Hawaiian goose, were lost due to predation by the mongoose. These birds lacked the thousands of years of evolution needed to adapt to the newly introduced predator. This explains the serious problems invasive species can cause on an ecosystem. Luckily, unlike other areas of the world, Hawaii does not have any predatory animals that have evolved to be able to hunt or kill humans, besides sharks, which is extremely rare, usually mistaken identity. But just because predators are not naturally found in Hawaii, doesn't mean there aren't any out there. Wait, what? In the early 90s, on the island of Oahu, a man was out fishing on the bank of a lake. He had connected a small floater to his fishing line and baited his hook with a sliver of ika squid, which he then submerged into the water with a small lead weight. The man had only cast his line out a few times, but repeatedly, something kept stealing the bait. After baiting the hook once more, he had barely heard the line plop into the water before something struck the bait, instantly submerging the floater. The man fought the creature on the other end of the fishing line for a good several minutes. Each second, the man feared his pole would snap in two. Finally, he was able to see a flash of silver underwater as the fish dashed, continuing its fight. It wasn't a large fish from what he could see, something that would fit in a frying pan, but sheesh, what a fight. Once close enough, the man scooped the fish up by his net and collapsed backwards in exhaustion. As he lay on the bank, catching his breath, a confusing sound caught his attention. A weird snapping noise came from within his net. He grabbed the line that was still attached to the fish and lifted it out of the net for a closer look. As the three to four pound fish flopped about, suspended in the air, the man realized the sound was from the fish's jaws opening and snapping shut. He leaned closer, observing the sharp, jagged white teeth that protruded out of the fish's mouth. No, cannot be. 
the fisherman immediately realized what he had caught. A piranha. A red-bellied piranha, to be exact. These species of piranha, native to South America, are most commonly found in the Amazon River Basin. They're the same piranhas that are depicted tearing flesh from bone, devouring all creatures in a matter of seconds, leaving behind just a bare skeleton. The image of frothy blood-red water from a frenzied school of these flesh-eating fish terrified me as a child and adult, if we're being honest. Although red-bellied piranhas are the most aggressive species of piranha, attacks on humans are rare. Not to say it doesn't happen. No thank you. Amazed at his unbelievable catch, the fisherman filled his bucket up with water from the lake and was able to keep the piranha alive as he took it home. He cleaned out an old aquarium in his garage and kept the piranha as a pet, feeding it scraps of chicken or live fish that ended up not being used as bait. But after a while, his conscience got the better of him and eventually turned the fish in to state officials, not wanting to risk a huge fine or jail time if caught. A division of the Department of Land and Natural Resources investigated the lake using state-of-the-art technology that surged electricity into the water, temporarily stunning any fish in the area. They could then quickly identify the dazed fish that floated to the water's surface. However, no other piranhas were found in that specific lake. This case of the red-bellied piranha was the only confirmed case of a wild, live specimen I could find. However, it is not the only instance these fish were discovered in Hawaii. After firefighters extinguished a residential fire in a neighborhood of Oahu, four live piranhas were found in one of the damaged homes. As a young boy, I was delighted to know Snakes were not found in Hawaii. Well, technically, there is a snake species found in the wild. But don't worry, it's not what you may be picturing. The Hawaiian blind snake is a small, sightless snake that feeds off of ants and termites. So cute. It is one of the smallest snakes in North America and is so harmless It's more earthworm than boa constrictor. 
boa constrictors are a non-venomous species of snake known to wrap its thick body around its prey, crushing it to death before swallowing the carcass whole. If introduced, boas would be a huge problem for Hawaii's ecosystem, especially towards endangered native birds. These snakes can grow up to 12 feet long and can weigh more than a child. With no natural predators and the advantage of prey not evolving to deal with these hunters, boas would most likely grow to be on the larger scale. And humans have been killed by boa constrictors before. So it's a good thing none are found in Hawaii, right? Right? Ah, ole. Nope. In the 1990s, a tourist couple on the Big Island were driving to tour a macadamia nut farm in Hilo when they spotted what could only be described as a large snake slithering across the road. They reached the Macnut Farms Visitor Center and immediately reported it to the staff, who laughed it off, explaining, Nah, Hawaii no more snakes. However, a few days later, a second person visiting the farm also reported seeing a large snake. Two sightings, just days apart, was strange, so the manager of the farm reported it to authorities. As you might have guessed, a crew searching the side of a road near the farm found a six-foot-long boa coiled in a tree. And that's not all. In 2013, a couple of friends driving on the old Poly Highway, coincidentally not too far from Morgan's Corner, highlighted in episode 7, ran over a creature stretched across the road. At first, the two doubted what they just saw. Brah, was one snake? How can? I promise. No, can it be? To put themselves at ease, the two doubled back. Laying across the road was the body of a five-foot-long snake. I told you. They pulled over to collect the carcass. No one would have believed them otherwise, which would later be identified as a boa constrictor. Still get more. Just two years prior, on July 4th, 2011, a group of Pua'a pig hunters were tracking a boar near Moanalua Valley when they came across a massive boa constrictor that measured longer than nine feet and weighed close to 60 pounds. If you want to see a picture of the actual boa constrictor the hunters captured, head over to my Instagram, ghostlore.of.hawaii. I'll also link the article of the incident in the show notes. That thing is massive and could definitely take out a human if it wanted, and I'm not talking a date. Unfortunately, wild snakes are not the only terrifying creatures 
that have been found in Hawaii's wilderness. Back in the early 1980s, another unbelievable encounter happened near Nu'uanu Reservoir, again located near the Pali Highway, near Morgan's Corner. A family was out hiking near the reservoir and stopped for a quick water break. As they caught their breath, one of them squinted at something across the reservoir. You guys see that? They all turned in the direction the first person had been looking. Yo, what the f***? A large reptile covered in dark scales Bro, that's one dinosaur. was basking in the sun near the water's edge. They all claimed the creature turned its elongated head and huge open mouth to face the family before slinking back into the murky water, vanishing. They described features resembling a caiman, a close relative to alligators that are normally found in Central and South America. There have been reported fatal attacks on humans, so as a precaution, crews from the Department of Agriculture set up traps in the area, but did not capture anything. No other reports of Cayman sightings were made to officials over the next couple of years, so even though the family was adamant of their sighting, their account was written off. Then, in 1983, a report came in of a dead animal in the Nu'uanu stream that connected to the reservoir. A crew was sent out to investigate, and they discovered the remains of a dead caiman. Surprise, surprise. Only the caiman's body was found at the site, but it became quickly apparent why the head was gone. Someone knew the potential dangers this invasive creature could unleash and took matters into their own hands by blowing the caiman's head clean off with a shotgun. The thought of coming across a creature in a location you'd never suspect is terrifying. Imagine jumping into a lake to cool off after a hot hike. Although it's murky, you've swam here all your life and take comfort in knowing there are no predators in the water. But just then, something brushes against your leg. What the f***? As you begin to swim back to shore, you hear the screams of your friends, all shouting your name. They're standing at the bank of the lake, hands up in the air, waving, pointing, You whip your head around to see what they're all looking at. In between the slashes of your paddling, you see a V-shaped ripple cutting through the water, led by two cold-blooded eyes heading straight for you. You kick 
as hard as you can while your arms begin to ache, feeling heavier with each stroke. Just when you think you've made it to shore, an intense pressure clamps on your ankle, yanking you down into the murky water forever. If you think the Cayman was a one-off, you'd be mistaken. Another incident on Oahu happened in Kailua almost 10 years after the first report was made. Calls flooded in one day about a large, dead animal, most likely a reptile, seen under the bridge near Maunawili Stream. Department of Agriculture went to investigate and found the decomposing body of a six-foot-long male alligator. The alligator's body was intact with no outward signs of the cause of death. Then, just four months later, a second alligator over five feet long was discovered along Kapa'a Quarry Road. So how are these massive creatures getting into the islands in the first place? Majority of the time, it's suspected the invasive animals like the piranhas, snakes, caiman, and alligators were pets smuggled illegally into the state. Starting off as juveniles that could fit in the palm of your hand, they quickly double and quadrupled in size, making feeding, maintaining, and hiding these creatures increasingly difficult. Combined with the fear of breaking the law and heavy fines, these illegal pet owners chose to release the animals into the wild, not thinking of the impact these predators would cause in Hawaii's environment. Invasives are such a threat to wildlife, possessing illegal animals is a Class C felony, and offenders are subject to fines up to $200,000 and three years in prison. I must include... Any illegal animals can be turned in to any Hawaii Department of Agriculture office, Honolulu Zoo, or any humane society. No questions asked or fees assessed. Anyone with info on an invasive animal should call the pest hotline at 808-643-PEST or 7378. But it's not just reptiles or fish that have been found living in Hawaii. I also want to cover the other types of predators that have been documented roaming the jungles. Or maybe I should say flying. Between the 1960s and 1980s, residents of Kauai claimed 
they'd see a huge, flying creature with a six-foot-wide wingspan. Some claimed it was a pterodactyl. Others said it was the fabled Thunderbird of Native American lore. It wasn't until the creature collided with the blades of a helicopter that people learned the truth of the mysterious flying beast. The creature stalking Kauai's skies had been a golden eagle. Golden eagles are the second heaviest breeding eagle in North America, Europe, and Africa, with wingspans that can get greater than nine feet wide. These large raptors can live for decades with the oldest known wild golden eagle in America living for longer than 30 years, which explains the two decades of reported sightings of the eagle on Kauai. The last group of sightings reported in Hawaii that I want to cover are of an animal known to have stalked and killed at least 27 people in North America. Most of the time, people never knew they were being stalked until it was too late. Pumas, also known as cougars or mountain lions, are the fourth largest of the big cat family behind tigers, lions, and jaguars and can weigh as much as 220 pounds. Primarily found in the mountains of North and South America, these cats are known for their ability to adapt to a variety of different habitats such as forests, grasslands, jungles, and even deserts. Growing up in Hawaii, the thought of coming across a big cat while out in the wild was so ridiculous, it bordered on absurd. However, during a couple of years in the 1980s, residents on the island of Maui reported multiple sightings of a large cat in the area, but were quickly dismissed by officials due to that same absurdity. Over the span of a few weeks, calls began trickling in by residents of a neighborhood that bordered the Makawao Forest Reserve. First, one or two calls of witnesses seeing a large fawn or tan-colored cat prowling the forest were reported. More and more calls began coming in. All reported a large cat resembling a puma or mountain lion with tan fur significantly larger than a dog with a long bushy tail. With no pumas ever known to roam the islands, These claims were written off as mistaken identity. 
the reports reduced over the next few years, but no one is to know if it was because sightings dropped or residents stopped calling due to the authorities' constant dismissal. Then, between the stretch of December 2002 and June 2003, eight reports were filed of a mysterious large cat being seen near the Makawao Forest Reserve, the same area the original reports were made. On June 9, 2003, a large clump of fur was discovered in an area of the sightings that matched the color of the reported feline. The Hawaii Invasive Species Committee went out to investigate, but the tests came back inconclusive. Crews set up several baited traps, but were never successful in catching anything. Yet, still, more and more evidence began emerging. Investigators continued surveying the area and came across tracks in the ground that seemed to resemble a large cat. The tracks led to a tree that contained several deep claw marks. Investigators continued searching the area and would eventually discover the partially eaten remains of several birds. More traps were set up around the area of the tracks and were baited with chicken carcasses, but again, the traps caught nothing. One morning, investigators checking the bait came to find one of the traps completely destroyed. They were unsure what caused the damage, but concluded it must have been something significant in size. The story was thrust back into the community spotlight when a pet deer was found dead, brutally slaughtered by a large predator. The authorities called in Bill Van Pelt, an expert from Arizona who specialized in large cats. During Van Pelt's investigation, Additional tracks and claw marks were discovered, which was enough to convince him a big cat was very likely stalking the town. Residents, always on high alert, nervously walked the deserted roads, sporadically turning around to walk backwards just to make sure they were not being stalked. Some residents began wearing their sunglasses on the backs of their heads, even at night. So if something tried to stalk them from behind, it would think the person was facing backwards. This tension continued to hang over the town until finally reaching a bloody finale late one summer night. Clarence, a farmer by trade, returned home from a night of drinking to find his property eerily quiet. 
He paused in place, holding his breath for a second so he could hear things over his heavy breathing. What was triggering his senses? He suddenly remembered the incidents being reported over the past couple months. The claw marks, the fawn that had been opened up all over Mr. Fumikawa's backyard. Clarence usually mocked the stories of the pussycat and how people were putting glasses on the backs of their heads. But ever since seeing the leftovers of the bloody fawn carcass with his own eyes, Clarence had been less vocal about his opinions on the cat. Still holding his breath, he quickly glanced backwards, thinking he heard a noise, but it was too dark to see anything. Slowly exhaling, Clarence resumed his walk while pulling out the sunglasses he had in his pocket and securing it to the back of his head. After a few feet, the realization of what felt so odd that night hit Clarence. The normal chirping of crickets that blanketed the farm were muted. The night was silent. Too silent. He was not being greeted by the usual barking of the farm dog chained at the back of the property. He hadn't heard a peep since returning, which was definitely out of the norm. The unease from that silence terrified the farmer as he began running the remaining length of the dirt driveway and into the house. Several lights clicked on. Then a minute later, Clarence burst back out the front door, shotgun and flashlight in hand, and headed out to the large mango tree in the backyard that the dog had been tethered to. It was quickly apparent the dog was gone. The farmer searched the backyard unsuccessfully until realizing the rope the dog had been secured to led straight up into the branches of the tree. Clarence carefully inched his way back below the tree's canopy and looked up. There, in the darkness, were the mauled remains of the farm dog. Reports of the puma sightings slowed after the bodies of the fawn and dog were discovered until stopping altogether. Some say the large cat had been hit by a passing truck one night and died after limping back into the brush. Others believe the feline just ventured further into the valley and still roams the jungles of Maui 
I guess until a body is found, no one will really know the truth. So if you're out on a hike in or around the Makawao Forest Reserve and come across someone with sunglasses on the back of their head, may I suggest flipping your sunglasses to the back of your head just to be safe. Mahalo for tuning in to tonight's episode. I really had fun researching this one. I originally started it as a Patreon-exclusive episode, but felt the topic of invasives in Hawaii is very important. Snakes, fish, insects, and even plants brought into the islands have wreaked havoc on endemic species. A newly introduced organism can be a make-or-break for many endangered species found in Hawaii. Take the koki frog. Please, take it. These tiny, coin-sized frogs were accidentally introduced to the Big Island back in the 80s through nursery plants shipped into the island. They are known for their extremely loud and distinct koki mating call, which can reach a hundred decibels. And of course, these loud-ass frogs are nocturnal, making their calls from sundown to sun up. They are now widespread on the Big Island and have even made it to Maui and Oahu. Koki have no natural predators and have thrived by eating large amounts of insects, which has negatively impacted Hawaii's ecosystem while also decreasing property value. This is why it's very important to be vigilant and to stop the illegal importing of creatures like snakes, tarantulas, piranhas, etc. as pets. If you come across any invasive species in the wild or being housed as a pet, please report it to Hawaii's Department of Agriculture or call the pest hotline at 808-643-PEST-7378. If you're in possession of an illegal species, shame on you, it can be turned in to any Hawaii Department of Agriculture office, Hawaii Humane Society, or the Honolulu Zoo. No questions asked or fees assessed. So thank you again. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a little more on the informative side as opposed to paranormal, but felt it's information everyone should know. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Reviews get the show in front of new listeners, which helps tremendously for independently produced podcasts like this one. Every like, follow, share, download, uh, what else? Subscribe, poke, (laughs) helps, and I'll be forever grateful. If you have a topic or story you'd like to hear on the podcast, you can reach me at ghostlore.of.hawaii at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at ghostlore.of.hawaii. 
for more information related to episodes, as well as random stuff I find funny or interesting. I have a few highlights set up with definitions of Hawaiian or pidgin words and rando stuff about me, Uncle Jared. If you want to support by buying Ghost Lore of Hawaii merch, there's a link in my Instagram bio, or you can go to www.ghostloreofhawaii.com. Although my goal is for all information covered on the podcast to be as accurate as possible, I cannot always guarantee it will be. Please look into any topic you find interesting on your own. There's always so much information that I cannot always fit into one episode. Some names and locations may be altered for privacy's sake. Residents nervously walked the rural, walked the rural, the rural roads, the rural roads, <laughs> nervously walked the rural roads, the rural roads, nervously walked the rural, the rural roads, <laughs> the rural, the rural roads, was found on Kapa'a Quarry, Quarry. Quarry, ugh. Kapa'a Quarry Road.